0: Join the meal, because Party of Redemption, your table is now ready. Hey everybody, it is a Party of Redemption. Have you thought about that? Every day of our lives can be a Party of Redemption. I hope wherever you are listening to this, whenever you listen to this, I hope that brings you some encouragement. I hope this conversation opens your eyes to something already going on around you right now. I hope it's a breath of fresh air. This is our 24th edition. We've come to this table 24 different times, 24 different guests. Well, today marks the first because we've invited back one of those guests from the May 27th edition, a drummer in the distance. Our guest that day was Chuck Connor. Chuck is back at the table today. The last time we talked to him, we talked about what was going on in his life back in the 80s and 90s when he was the drummer for the Christian rock group, Jeff Moore in the Distance. Well, today we talk about what God is doing in his life right now. Chuck is the executive director of Christian Missions Unlimited, an organization giving ordinary people an extraordinary opportunity to serve others in Brazil. This is such a fun conversation. And some of Chuck's answers to my questions caught me completely off guard. I love how Chuck zeroed in on the big picture. Why do we do what we do and what is really going on with it? Chuck and I sat down to some crazy, phenomenally good Thai food at Lex Railroad Thai Restaurant in Montgomery, Alabama. Had a great conversation, great food. Thank you for being here. Let's get at it. Welcome to Redemption Stable. We are, <laughs> Sorry, it was laughing. Yeah, we, we are having a good time. We are back in Lex Railroad Thai, fabulous Thai restaurant, downtown Montgomery. And we are having a repeat conversation, repeat as in brand new, but we're with Chuck Connor. Chuck, you're the very first podcast guest that has come back for that second conversation at Redemption's table. Welcome, man. Man, listen,
1: I'm honored and I really think to unpack everything that um, we need to discuss, we should do this every Friday for the next two months, it right? That would be good therapy at, for At me the same you. restaurant, I'd be fine. <laughs> that
0: would be great. I had, man, I love Thai food. I had the basil rice with chicken, and now it's going
1: to get loud in here there <laughs> yeah know it's been no no lot people it's been super quiet in here for the last 10 minutes and now all of a sudden they've decided to like wash all the, the tin pots and pans in the back uh, yeah know I had the
0: basil what did you have basil rice
1: man I went healthy today I had cashew chicken I didn't get any of the peanut sauce or anything sweet like I normally get so cashew chicken kind of drink a little healthy Real in the you know my uh, my weekend wasn't so hot in the yeah. diet department so
0: well, I had the anyway, Tom Ka, again, that fabulous soup. I what love. is that, man? It is a coconut milk-based soup. It has a little cilantro in there. You can't go wrong with that. Anyway, I can't believe this. That's funny. <laughs> they just poured a, a ton of ice back there. It uh, has, uh, has cilantro, has fresh mushrooms, tomatoes. It's awesome.
1: I may have... May- do a little post-meal soup then
0: no, when we're done. Probably could, yeah. <laughs> and, and and thanks to you, I had uh, Thai tea. Oh, yeah. Which, what is that? I, I don't know if we talked Dude, about that last time. You know what? Time. I don't even remember.
1: I, I've been ordering this stuff for years, and I, I cannot remember. I know it's... Um, Man. I honestly don't know. There's probably an explanation on the menu. <laughs> it, ta- it it has like this cedar, smoky hint to it. Yeah, it, it, it does. Of, um, I think it's some type of... Just a strong tea with, with milk or cream in it. Um, maybe
0: some cedar shavings, I don't know. <laughs> so in other words, we're sitting here and we don't have a clue what we're eating. Yeah, we don't. Sure just, just
1: get it, man, it's good. Just yeah. try
0: it. You can't go wrong. It's good to have you back. The last time we met, we had a podcast, and those of you who are listening, you can go back and check out, check it out. Back in May, I believe it was, it was the podcast was entitled A Drummer in the Distance, because you were <laughs> Jeff Moore in the Distance's drummer. And we're going to briefly talk about Jeff Moore at the end. Sure, sure. Uh, those years. But I brought you back because you also lead an organization, Christian Missions Unlimited. Unlimited, that's right. And I, I want you to talk a little bit about that ministry. You have just come back from Brazil. I did. I just got home just, just a week ago, and
1: it's been a great summer, man. And so now I'm. Uh, it's funny, too, because typically... We'll, we'll wrap up you know sometime in September, and I get home, and I usually get off the plane, and there's a hint of fall in the air. It's not like, this year. Oh, dude. <laughs> I, I step off the plane in Montgomery, Alabama, and it's hotter here than it is in Brazil. Actually, wow. I was just in Manaus. I got stuck there a couple of extra days. I couldn't get into Miami because of the hurricane. And um, it was pretty hot there, You know, 100, 102. It sometimes can feel warmer there because you're closer to the equator. Mm-hmm. The radiant heat's a little different, and the humidity's worse. But I'm telling you, man, it's it's every bit as bad here right now. It's it's ridiculous. I feel like okay, I need to go back, <laughs> stay another month, <laughs> and then come back and maybe the leaves will be falling and then it'll be 50 degrees in the morning for a change. Wow, but, but it's quite a change. Yeah, I just got back, had a great summer, and it's been it's been good and got some other good things to step into. But it's been been awesome, man, since since we talked last. Yeah.
0: Well, what is God up to? In the Amazon in Brazil uh, you know we, what are what have been the highlights of your summer accounts stories things that just happened blown you
1: that's a big question out of the water? I'll try to figure out where to start first of
0: all let me tell
1: everybody that the rainforest is not burning down that's that was one of my questions and where we that we're not gonna we're not gonna have a, um, you know a, um, a lack of oxygen okay you know next summer because the rainforest is all gone and uh, it's crazy, man. I knew. I remember when I was a kid, my dad first started going to Brazil, and I heard that, you know, a third of the world's oxygen came from that rainforest, and mm-hmm. it's an amazing ecosystem and everything else. It's fat. it's one of those places I really feel like you have to go, man. And uh, wh- you know, whether you you share our faith or not, it's a place you you should see as a human being. Mm-hmm. But man, as a believer, it's one of those places that you go out on that river and you. it. It's so big and so vast. You can't even get your head around wow. around what a what a incredible piece of creation that that is, man, and all the life that flourishes because of it. I mean, there's all these great analogies I could toss out there at you, but it's amazing. The Amazon's amazing. One of my favorite places in the world. And uh, but I, you know, I wasn't aware that the media had, you know, the media. I guess in Brazil had convinced the media. Off, um, outlets all over the world that the rainforest was burning down completely. And
0: yeah, it's been on the news here for yeah, the last month.
1: I, I started getting emails and stuff, what's going on? Um, look, I, I can t- I've can. i been going in there for quite a while now, mm-hmm. and um, there wasn't anything burning that um, I haven't seen burn years and years and years prior. There's a, there's a part of their culture there, uh, especially um, not just in the Amazon, but even in the Northeast, in PoE, Maranano, some of those other states where um, People who farm and have cattle um, uh, in areas where there's scrub brush, they burn every single summer. At the end of the summer, um, I say the end of the summer, it's really kind of the, I guess the middle middle to end of their dry season. Mm-hmm. It'll start raining again there in November. Anyway, They burn, puts potash back in the soil, the grass is better for the cattle. Um, there are some cases, man don't get me wrong, there are places where they have cut timber and they go in there and burn to create more cattle land a lot of cases that's not healthy because the uh, it's a different ecosystem and the mm-hmm. soil uh, doesn't regenerate like it does here in the southeast for instance you know you can go to a, a track of timber here and clear cut it and the same thing's going to grow back mm-hmm. um, uh, it's not always the case there so yeah they got some issues and they need to do some change some gears about the way they manage the harvesting of their timber but it's all doable mm-hmm. but they're not burning anything today they haven't for the most part have been burning. They're burning the same way now they've been burning the last 25, 30, 40 years. Um, Even some of the video snippets that I saw that were uh, on TV there, I kind of laughed because I would see a helicopter go over a place that was, it was Catalan, and they were burning scrub brush, and the the, uh, reporter was... You know, wailing about the rainforest being burned up, and I'm thinking, oh man, this is wow. this is sad because that's not really what they're they're videoing. Yeah. There's places that it's happening. Sure, I'm not telling you there's not. They have some serious issues to work out. And um, how long is that river? Really? How far? Oh gosh, I can't remember miles. Is, is the headwaters of the Manaus uh, begin. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, the headwaters of the Amazon begin at the city of Manaus. Mm-hmm. I cannot remember. I'd have to Google it. How um, far
0: back have you been in, I, in the on the Amazon?
1: I have been up the Rio
0: Negro a little ways,
1: up the Solomons a little ways. There's two main rivers um, that that merge um, there, okay. really at the city of Manaus, and then um, you know the last large city that you pass is the city of Belém, which is at the mouth of the Amazon. But it's amazing. I could sit here and talk for two hours just about the Amazon and where those two rivers meet and how the uh, the the water temperature, and the sediment, and all the, the differences keep them from mixing for seven miles. And That's the be, that'll be our of third podcast. Our yeah, third we, podcast. we we could do it, yeah. but uh, now it's it's amazing. I've been up some um, small tributaries uh-huh. of the Amazon. Um, a matter of fact, uh, this last trip, um, I was sharing with you uh, before we started recording that um, I visited um, a pastor that lives on a tributary of the Amazon. Um, that um, he still pastors a little, a little still pastors a little church that my father built. Um, with a mission team back in '92, okay. and uh, he pastors a little small church that sits on a hillside on, in the bend of this tributary called the Udubu River. And um, I actually got to go to church with him about two weeks ago. It's amazing that church is like 27 years old, and um, it's not big. You know, doesn't have, have a coffee bar in the front, and they don't have lights and smoke on Sundays. But <laughs> they're just a little small brick community church, and they're still serving the the river community there. And it was real sweet watching those little families go to church there and watch those little kids get up and go to Sunday school and I thought man it's just a great reminder of of um, you know the Lord's church and sometimes they don't always look like what uh, we expect them to here in America but uh, purposeful nonetheless yeah. you know and just a sweet faithful pastor and some sweet faithful people there you know trying to be a light in their community so it was sweet to get to visit that and um, encourage me, and w- it encourages me to you know continue doing what we do. So, yeah. I bet but if I they had a do...
0: coffee bar, it would be phenomenal.
1: <laughs> well, the coffee might even be a little better than it is here. Actually, That's the Brazilian coffee is great. But yeah. I didn't. Um, you asked me what the Lord was doing. I guess yeah. I kind of unpacked for you a little bit. Maybe what we do. Okay. So, um, CMU exists to connect a local church in America with a local church in Brazil, and we do that by assisting the Brazilian Baptists in Brazil by um, providing a church building for their church plants or congregations that have requested the help of our ministry. So um, it, it's it's really sweet. My dad started doing it back in 1975. It was when they built the first church and literally uh, was invited into this little dirt floor house where these, uh, I think it was three families had planted a church and they were meeting in the home and it outgrew the house and they met in the backyard when it wasn't raining and they'd saved up their pennies and purchased this little plot of land which at the time was way on the outskirts of town you know now it's it's been encompassed by the city but uh he just it was one of those deals where he said i I think the Lord wants me to do this. I'm gonna. They asked if my, I think they they probably assumed that because my dad was an American and mm-hmm. was there visiting with a missionary, he probably had some financial capacity, you know, which is funny because he didn't at all at the time. But uh, he came home and raised the money to build them a church structure yeah. and uh, and took I think 14 or 15 you know, construction type type guys down there and they built this church. And um, at the end of the week, he watched how um. Know, people in the community that were curious why these Americans were in their community, go visit the church and attend this dedication service they have, and he saw people respond to the gospel. And think it just was when the light bulb came on for him that hey, this is what the Lord wants me to do is just invest in the local church. You know, help breathe a little life into them. And and um, and I'm very fortunate that the Lord sent me here uh, uh, to help my father about almost 20 years ago now. And so that's what we do, we take volunteer groups to Brazil and um, as part of giving this church plant or congregation that already exists and already has a leader, um, in addition to giving them the gift of a building, you know, we also show up mm-hmm. and uh, work alongside them and help them finish the building that's been started and then have a service at the end of the week and. Uh, um, so yeah, we we're, we're builders. Okay. We, we build churches, but um, I, I've learned over the years it's a, it's a, there's a whole lot more to it than that. That um, we're we're really building into into lives more than we are anything. And um, you know, I guess in the end of the day, that's really what building the church is, right? You know, it's full of yeah. men and women and boys and girls, and so
0: we are the walls. You know. Yeah,
1: man. And I, it's I, a living it, organization. It, I, I, I I'm super blessed, man. I've been a blessed guy. I get to do some really um purposeful and meaningful ministry things throughout my life and, and I really probably more than ever um, uh, am not only confident in what we do but uh, affirmed in that and, and 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 really just love what we do I love the fact that that uh, you know we get to introduce people to missions um, uh, and we get to invest in something mm-hmm. that um, is going to be there after we leave you know it's I know man listen I've been mission There's a. We talked about this earlier. There's there's hundreds of wonderful, wonderful, purposeful ministries that do fruitful things. You know, and um, this is just what the Lord has called us to do. He's called me to kind of be an extension cord, you know, to connect people with opportunity. That's really kind of my gig. And um, but He's called our ministry to invest in the local church in Brazil. That's where He led us through relationships, and 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 I love the fact that um, we get to the end of the day we we do build a lot more than 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 walls and we yeah. do a lot more than lay bricks but we get to um you know we get to build a, really a lot of things and um it was, i was thinking about all the way over here um uh, we get to build so many different things in helping build the church you know when you get to rub shoulders with people on a mission trip man you get to help build community discipleship and um and faith and then um you know, showing up there, um, get to build encouragement, you know, by, by, by getting off the bus and, and being face-to-face with people and loving on that pastor and his family and loving and encouraging that congregation. And, and as, as you as the week goes on and you build relationships, you know, point people to Christ and His church, I love that. And I love the fact we get to, um, you know, build long-term impact. And I, I really, really love that because... I'm, I know I'm guilty. I've been a part and even stewarded some things that were probably, you know, maybe a little bit more more about us there, about our presence. And when you do things like that, it's really easy to leave a void on the mission field, man, yeah. if you're not careful. And I love the fact that investing in a local church that has actually already been established, they just need some help. You know, yeah. they just we're just giving them something they can't afford and in a lot of cases. And um, for them, it's a miracle. But to go down there and... Um, invest in something that's going to be um, pointing people to the Lord after we leave, man, I love that, you know, we're just, just we just got a little part in nudging them along and and, and that's um, fulfilling and rewarding and I could tell you some great stories, you know, that I've found out on the on the back end of some trips and some things that have, that have happened in the life of some of those churches and in the lives of some of the people they serve, but I love the fact that we get to, you know, build some long-term impact too and um, and the fact that um, uh, we have a sweet mission family of people that, that uh, you know, understand what we do. And for whatever reason, thank the Lord, man, they're called to come help us do do what we do or, or we couldn't do it. So it's um, it's really, we're blessed, man. One of the things I thought about, you know, asking what God has done over the summer, I, I'm reminded to be thankful for our mission family. Our CMU family is is pretty big and diverse, and um, because uh, the Lord sent them our way, uh-huh. and they can help a, a little ministry like ours. You know that has an office and a trailer out there on a piece of rural property. Um, they help us do a lot of a lot of big things, and I say big, you know what I mean, impactful things. And and um, I feel like um, we're just super super blessed in that regard. You know that that they enable us to bless other people the way they do. So it's it's been a great summer. We. We built um, six churches over the summer, and um, we've got another one coming up in October that we're going to help with. And so you're um, going back? No, I won't go back. We're going to do something okay. different. This is, um, matter of fact, I'll share this with you. Um, for the first time, one of the things I've been convicted about is in, in encouraging um, some of the folks we serve mm-hmm. to be able to do missions and. Um, uh, we're going to do. A, um, we're going to help build a church in an area that's really hard to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not why I'm not sending a team. But what we're doing, we're enabling some Brazilian churches to get involved in missions. So we're going to help some churches that, that can't afford to give the gift of a building, mm-hmm. but they have some people that are willing to go. So we're going to partner with them, and uh, we're going to we're going to fund the the building, the materials, and um, these uh, two churches are going to put together a team and they will go and serve and love all those people in this little community and build them a church and i'm hoping and praying that it'll get some legs and be something we can encourage some other folks to do because uh, you know at the end of the day um it's one of the beautiful things we get to see when we do mission trips i get to see how it affects the lives of the people that go yeah you know and come back better church members you know more aware of ministry opportunity in their backyard or at their school or at their job or, or opportunities that their church offers them and so I I've just felt real convicted about that the last few years that it's something that if we could figure out a way to to do that and encourage that, then maybe maybe um, it'll open up some doors for us to, to minister in that way, too, yeah. you know, by providing a vehicle for some of the very people we serve to get to do missions, too. So
0: That is awesome. Yeah, That's man. awesome because I think we forget. We have this Americanized idea sometimes that we are the ones who go. But then, you know, no, if you follow Jesus, you're all called. We're all called to go make disciples, and so you're giving the disciples you've made, the disciples the Lord has led you to make through the churches you've served. You're giving them the opportunity to actually do that, to do that in their own country. That's phenomenal.
1: Yeah, man, I'm I'm super excited, and it's really just something that. Um, we're thankful. This has evolved over the last year, but something we've been convicted about for quite a while. And I, you know, if, if, if I'm doing this right, at the end of the day, I, I should work myself out of a job, right? You, you know, go, yeah. that's what's <laughs> supposed to happen. So, we're super excited about that. I, I had a chance too, to. Um, uh, one of the other things I, I failed to mention earlier, um, I had a super awesome uh, visit. Super awesome. I guess that's that's one big compound word, right? Uh, sounds like the I had, way I would say it. <laughs> I had this. Unique opportunity, and, 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 and uh, um, it was a blessing, man. I got to visit um, this little t- there's it's not a little town anymore, it's a town called Rio Bronco, it's the state of Acre, which is kind of west west side of Brazil. If you look at the central part of the, the country and go go west, it's right on the border of Bolivia. Okay. There's a little town there called um, Rio Bronco, um, and it's the, ironically, it's the place where my dad built that first church that I was telling you about, you know, when he met the family. Mm-hmm so um in, in the little the little shack there, and agreed to go build the first building, I went back um and spent three days with a pastor, the current pastor of that very first church he built it 's called Villa Evaneci. wow and um yeah so now they uh, that little church was built in seventy five and uh you know it's it's in town now town grew around it but man listen I, it was uh it was pretty emotional to go back and it it doesn't look anything like it did back then this is you know not all those churches not the not all the small community churches you've helped grow up like this but this one really grew and they tore down literally the only thing that's left from the original building or the front they they kept the front bricks intact they still stuccoed and painted over them but they're still there they're still part of the structure but uh they had to retool the whole thing you know it seats like 250 people now instead of 75 and um uh, Man, it's amazing, it, it kind of got me. I, I went and looked on their mission board and it showed the six different continents where they had missionaries. And wow. so they supported four missionaries in Africa and they had, they had planted six um, congregations or church plants through the years that have now become churches themselves and they currently are monitoring four small church um, uh, plants, home churches that they they've started. And I was just thinking while I was there you know, none of the none of the none of the volunteers that agreed to go out on to Brazil on a mission trip for a couple of weeks thought they have a hand in anything that would um, have the ripple effect mm-hmm. that 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 that, um, that their time there ended up having on on not only that church but um, that's kind of what uh, I realized as I went to visit and got to share with the church was that man because a handful of people said yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they started a church that it's almost shoot, man! It's over forty years old now. Yeah. And they they're having an impact, you know, in their in their community and in their city and in other countries. And but in turn, because they said yes, and my father fortunately said yes and was faithful to build that one church, got the opportunity to build another, then another. And at the end of the day. Because a handful of people were faithful back in 75, man, there's been hundreds of churches that have helped send volunteers to Brazil to spread the gospel. And there's been thousands of people going on mission trips, you know, and Uh and, and life-changing for many of them. And hundreds of people, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people come to know the Lord at little churches that um, were, were loved on and served by American mission teams all over Brazil because of a handful of families you know that said yes to that to that very first one and I, I kept thinking of that and the whole time I was there man it was, it was really um, a pretty emotional deal man to yeah. think about the ripple effect of their faithfulness and it reminded me of in the same way man the Lord's tugging on your heart and, and we pray it through and feel like he wants us to do something man we just need to be faithful and do it because yeah. we have no idea no idea the big picture. In many cases, no idea the ripple effect that that's going to happen from from um, you know him being faithful in and through us. And I, I just it was super encouraging. That was one of the highlights of my summer to go back and meet that pastor and see everything that the church had done, is doing, is planning on doing, and and then kind of stepping back and realizing, wow, you know, just just a handful of people um, you know, just honored the Lord with their faithfulness and and. and This little ministry evolved out of it. This being able to have a a part in 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 a lot of life changing events for some Americans and some Brazilians. So it just made me super grateful to be a part of it and and thankful that uh, that I ended up where I did. And and for whatever reason, the Lord's given me a wonderful seat to observe a lot of these things that, in some cases, you don't see when you just you know you go serve short term and then come Mm -hmm. home and it's all great and you step back into to life and get busy and fortunate enough to get to see some of the things that happen on the back end that, yeah. that make it worthwhile. And hopefully I can convey that to, to people to the degree that they might be willing to step in and help us a little bit. Yeah. So.
0: We're here such a brief time. I think sometimes I forget that ripple effect's been going on for 2,000 years. Anything you do for Jesus has that kind of potential. And you're... I've heard it said, you're planting trees, you're never going to get to sit under and enjoy the shade. Everything we do for Jesus keeps going on and on. So the things that we are, where we are being obedient to Him today, has an impact for however long this world will continue into your family's generation, your your family's generations to come, generation after generation. That's awesome. Yeah, it is, man. I didn't mean to ramble so much, man. I'm so sorry.
1: I just, man, I got it. Get a little bit excited but and start a, thinking about the Lord, the Lord blessing, and just start start spewing stuff out no, real that fast. But that I, was I something
0: I, God taught you this summer. That's good.
1: Uh, yeah, dude. And, and of work. course, man, you know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you another another highlight of my summer. There was a couple of um, uh, a couple of volunteers that went with us um, this summer that have been going a long time. Yes, you know, they they started going to Brazil with my dad long before I was around. And so I was very fortunate. There, there's some of the some of the people that stood beside me when my dad passed, you know, and, mm-hmm. and continued to encourage me. Continued to um, some of them verbally, some of them just in the way of going, participating, and affirming me that way. But um, it was really fun to be on some trips with some of my my older friends and and older saints that have been doing doing this, you know, way before I was, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, man, just good good life nuggets from hanging around people like that, yeah. you know, and seeing how the Lord's working their life and seeing their faithfulness and, and um, at the same time, man, I see their passion for doing missions when, mm-hmm. and you know, some of them 70, 75, and uh, the Lord's blessed them with, with good health, and, and um, I, I hope when I'm that age that I still have that kind of energy and still want to go out and serve the way they do, man. They're, they're just all about it. It's just really encouraging to, to have friends like that and have them be a part of our family, so.
0: When's the um, first year you went to Brazil?
1: Well, it, I'm glad you asked that question. A lot of people ask me, are like, gosh, dude, you've been going to Brazil a long time. Your Portuguese should be a lot better. Well, I actually didn't grow up on the mission field, man. My, you know, my dad was a pastor and uh-huh. began to visit a missionary in Brazil. And um, I went once when I was seven. Seven years old. So what year was that? What Oh, do? 72. 72, okay. Went, uh, was down there for about a month. Okay, and um, how many
0: years have you been going consistently?
1: Well, I started working for CMU um, literally uh, almost almost right at twenty right at twenty years now.
0: Okay, so you because I started I
1: started in ninety nine, but I actually didn't go to Brazil very much on the front end. I um, when I went to work for my father. I was spending more time handling logistics and gotcha. plane tickets and things like that and I would go once
0: okay.
1: and then learn a little bit and then the next year I might go twice and,
0: and, 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 and kind of get groomed under one of his trip leaders or whatever. But but you um, spend a lot of time now in your life under a Brazilian sky.
1: I have now, so, especially yeah. the last 10 years man, especially the last 10 years for sure. So and, um,
0: here's a, here's a two part question. Mm-hmm. What is one of the most amazing natural wonders you've witnessed? in Brazil and what is one of the most amazing supernatural wonders you have witnessed Woo! in Brazil.
1: Okay um, for sure the meaning of the waters okay. um, there in Manaus and I mentioned it earlier you have um, the Rio Negro River comes uh, a little bit more from the northwest and from the southwest of Salomoise those two rivers meet right there at the um, pretty much at the city of Manaus uh-huh. which sits on the north bank uh, those rivers have different um, if I remember this correctly, the water temperature is a little different. The density is so, so is the sediment that the water picks up along the way. So they're very different in color. Mm-hmm. The Rio Negro is more tea colored. Um, and, it, by the way, I'm, a, I'm an outdoor guy, and so that is the color of the water to tea. catch peacock bass in, by the way. because you know, um, That's a whole other conversation. But <laughs> the Rio Negro is kind of tea colored. The Salamoids is a little bit more like Nestle Quick, a okay. you know, little milk little, little, little chocolatey. Type of color to it, and um, kind of like Thai tea. Very much like Thai tea. The <laughs> taste is good. I can probably I know because I've, I've I've swallowed my share of it. But um, the waters merge there, and they actually they actually want mixed because of the the difference in the of the temperature and the density and everything. It's about seven miles it takes before those. So you you can go out there in a boat, and literally one end of the boat is in one river, and one of it's in the other, and it's wow. crazy, and it. The, the amazon itself is amazing man I, i'm really fortunate i have a couple of friends that live in some remote places there and to spend a night in the i've been able to get in a little small dugout canoe and paddle through the flooded forest between 12 a.m and four in the morning and you would not believe i mean wow. crazy like national geographic kind of stuff and it's amazing the, the wildlife plant i mean it's just it's amazing wow. the animals the plants and i love it you got to love visiting a place where things are so beautiful, you almost can't describe them. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, at the same time, incredibly dangerous. Like mm-hmm. there's stuff that will kill you everywhere <laughs> in the water, on the ground, in the tree. You know, if you eat this or that bites you, it's it's just crazy wild. And I, I just love it. It's beautiful. And um, I have a um, affinity for the outdoors. And I've had had the opportunity to fish there a little bit. And it's just amazing. But the wow. meaning the meaning of the waters to answer your question after I ramble for five minutes is is an, is just incredible. But the the whole the Amazon River in general uh, unbelievable I mean, it's, it's like some of God's finest handiwork in my opinion uh, Supernatural wow I, I get to see a lot of pretty cool things um, I would tell you one that uh, um, I'm going to revisit that story a little bit if that's okay sure. that was significant for me um, uh, I was in, in short went back and to visit a little church uh, in one of the more remote places that, that our ministry has been able to build one um it's a little church that was built in '92 by a group of volunteers. I think most of them were actually from Montgomery. They went okay. with my father back then, and um, it's almost we call it almost. It's called a river church. It's 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 not in the suburbs or anything, but it sits out a, on a uh, it's on a peninsula on the on the bend of a tributary of the Amazon, and serves a little river community there, and. Um, Anyways, I had a chance about four or five years ago to go visit this church and I had never been there on a Sunday and I was there on a Sunday and I got to meet this family that came to church that day and through the interpreter I was able to sit there and hear their story and uh, it, was, it was one of those life-changing things for me where the Lord really gave me some perspective because I, uh, I met this young uh, wife and mother, these two little boys and um, she shared with us how she was five years old um, sitting over under a shade tree, watching this church get built, um, um, which was s- 25, almost 25 years from the day we were sitting sitting there getting the story. Uh, and uh, she said she was five, and how uh, you know this, this crazy Americans showed up in her corner of the world and started loving on her community and church family there and um, uh, they built that church and went home, but after they left her family started to attend that church and that's where she heard the gospel and um, she heard stories, you know, and, and songs learned her songs about Jesus and came to came to faith there and was baptized in that river there and you know you know where I'm going, man, the church being the church is where those 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 older people in that faith family encouraged her and mentored her and her in her walk and Uh, She met a a young man there, a young Christian man, and they got married, and they started their own family and married right there in that little river community church. And uh, man did as a... God, it's hard for me not to cry when I tell this every time. Um, She's sitting there telling us this, and I was like, God, man, how did I miss uh, going on so many mission trips and really miss the big picture Mm of why I believe the Lord has us invest in the local church, man? It's just simply because there'll be fruit f- from that investment there that's what he's called us to do and what he wants us to do and just wants us to be faithful doing that and i was at a place in time where i was super tired and super weary and we talked about that earlier and i just you know, I, I walked away going man please don't you know don't let me get tired of doing this because uh, those those are the kind of i guess the nuggets the lord had to send me at a time when i would pay attention um to help me understand, um, uh, you know, why he had us mm-hmm. doing this type of ministry, and, and, and it helps change the question from "Why do we do this?" Mm-hmm. You know, "How can we not do this?" You know, you um, That's I'll never forget that. Oh, Just wow. I remember walking away and thinking, "Golly, man!" You know, I been mean, so busy, so American in a lot of ways, in a negative way in some cases. Worrying about this, worrying about that, and the other, being frustrated because you know you're not we're not seeing the results that we want to see when we want to see them, and mm-hmm. and just that was just a great reminder to me, man, dude. Just Lord wants you to be faithful. Yeah, you know, I don't have to be. Thank the Lord, I don't have to be spectacular because He is. You know, just be, be faithful, man. Be about what i have given you to do, and there'll be some fruit from it. I promise you. Just need to yeah. Trust me, you know. And so that was that just was life changing for me, and it's helped me. Um, I feel like it's helped me try to convey that to the people yeah. that we serve with. You know, it's like, man, look. Lord asked you to come serve with us. You know this is what He's called us to do, and and um and and we love it. Hope hope hopefully he'll, you know He'll send you our way, and just need to trust that um uh if, if you if you come alongside of us, there will be some fruit from it, and, yeah. and at some point in time, you know. And um we, it's funny, and in our conversation earlier, we were talking about just mission trips in general, and how sometimes. You know, we just we want there to be a fireworks display every mm-hmm. time we go, and a lot of times it's kind of selfish because we want it to meet our emotional needs at the time. Yeah. But it, the,
0: yeah, we're uh, on the mountaintop. Look, you know, or or God forbid this would ever be our thought, but yet it's conveyed when we come back and make the report. Look what we did. Yeah, yeah. look what God did. You know, but I think sometimes we confuse the two.
1: We can, man, and and, and I've done it too, man. I've, I've I've been there and done it. But hopefully, uh, we do a Helps us do a better job and encouraging people. Just hey, just go be there, be present with people, love on them in the name of the Lord. Be a good reflection of Him, and you know, be faithful in the opportunities He gives you yeah. to, to, to share your story and yeah. um, be responsible with opportunities He gives you just to just simply love and be compassionate to people and point them point them to Him and to His local church. And again, you know, that's what we were talking about that earlier. I love yeah. the fact that we, we do get to be a part of something. Yeah that um, has long-term impact, yeah. you know, so there's something that this, the Lord will be doing business there after we go home, and I, so I love this. He just gives us yeah. a little part of it, but I'm thankful he does, man, because it, it's life-changing for the people that, that go as well, and so.
0: Well, you're a musician. I mean, that's your background. Mm-hmm. I, I am music-oriented. I, I'm constantly thinking in terms of lyrics, and when you were talking about how God spoke to you in that moment through, you know, this young lady who was there at five years of age, I was hearing the lyrics of, what else, a Jeff Moore song. He no. saw the big in the small. Oh, dude. You know, and we talked about what only a fool would do, a phenomenal song. It was on the uh, Threads album, if I'm not mistaken. It is. And you I were a part of that. Man,
1: I can't even believe you mentioned that song. That That's, to this day, my favorite My favorite. Jeff Moore song of the, of, the uh, of all the songs that he recorded before I came around and the ones that we recorded together and the ones that I had an opportunity to play with him that's still my favorite I, I knew um,
0: you may have mentioned that on the last podcast I, maybe you? so I think you may have. I, I know my yeah. dad loved that song yeah. too
1: and um, but I remember um, man I re- I'll just I'll never forget when he came in and read us the lyrics to that we'd been working on the music and he'd been messing around with the lyrics and came in and just sang a scratch of I was just big old big old tears rolling down my eyes like whoa dude I, this is a little different ball game here and, and just recording it was was super special and then I remember um I don't know where we were man you don't know, have so many places but I do remember the first time that um, we played it uh, I remember it's vividly man I want to say it was a festival but a couple came up to Jeff and said man we've been wrestling with a call to be missionaries for Two or three years, mm-hmm. and we have been fighting it. We know we've known that's what the Lord has, has for us, but we have fought it tooth and nail. And you know, just sitting here listening to that that song, mm-hmm. just, um, just was like the last the last straw, man. Mm-hmm. That we we're, we know yeah. that's what the Lord wants us to do, and we're going to be committed to do that together. And um, it was just. One of those special tunes. I know that he's written so many good songs that have encouraged yes. so many people in so many ways. But that was kind of a kind of a special song about missions and calling, and um, uh, it's been encouragement you know, to a lot of people I know and, and encouraging to me personally. But I, I just I knew that that song rang about missions, yeah. you know, the, from the beginning. And mm-hmm. so that was uh, I, I, I hope hopefully uh, can uh, can you know continue to live that out a little bit and. and not uh not mind being a fool for the lord you yeah. know and especially when when um it's easy for us to miss uh seeing the big and the small yeah. you know we talked about that yeah. a little bit i think either, either, well, either today could, or before it's hard hard not to do that yeah. you know
0: jeff is a phenomenal songwriter i put him in the same category with rich Mullins. Uh, and, Yeah, he and, he,
1: he yeah. really is man he he's one of and, and I, I know i say this i'm biased because he's he's a good friend of mine and and um been able to do a lot of cool ministry things together, but he really is a gifted communicator. He, mm-hmm. he one, just one of those guys. The Lord, I don't, you know, I don't know if he sent him through the line twice or whatever, but <laughs> he has this really um, uh, amazing ability to articulate what's going on between his head and his heart. Mm-hmm. And and he, it's uh, whether it, he's just talking to you or if he's if he's, you know. Putting it on paper, mm-hmm. he just—he really does, man. Um, and I'm, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that uh, that um, we've become friends. As a Matter of fact, maybe maybe we can circle back around to this, but we actually still do some ministry stuff together through an organization called Fellowship Adventures. So, I may jump on that here in a little bit. But yeah, man, that's funny you mentioned. Only a fool will well, still—still my 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 favorite yeah. to this day. So oh,
0: I, it's. Uh, uh, I I saw that ability, uh, that relationship between his head and his heart, the very first time I saw y'all in concert in Abilene, he he sat on the edge of the stage and gave an invitation at the concert at Hardin-Simmons University, and it was just like, wow, it was just... Uh, uh, you're right. A very effective communicator and, and real, or, you know, not any stage presence. Very real, very genuine. We're gonna come back to Abilene. We're gonna pick up a story. I'm gonna ask you. What, we're when, when, when was when but, in that, when was that in when, Abilene? But go ahead. Yeah, sure. go ahead and t- talk about what you and Jeff do now because we're kind of wrapping up. Yeah, sure, sure. You, you've got a, a appointment or something. You've got to tend to here. Sure. Okay.
1: Yeah. So. I give you the short version as as best I can. Um, when we were still playing music together, mm-hmm. um, man, I, I don't know how Jeff figured this out. He was the the wizard man at finding cool things to do on a. We still good? We're good. On on a on a free day, Jeff arranged for he and I to go pheasant hunting on this guy's farm. I would love that, dude. And and listen, th- you're talking about a country boy who had was dying to smell some gunpowder. I'd been on the road and hadn't hadn't hunted, hadn't fished, and it was killing me. And uh, I didn't know anything about pheasant hunting. I grew up you know, shooting doves and turkey and deer hunting and all these things. He was like, dude, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. If I can just figure it out, well, he figures it out. We literally pulled the bus up to this farmhouse and this guy left two shotguns, two boxes of shells and some rubber boots on the back porch and a map. And That was my introduction to pheasant hunting with Jeff Moore. Well, little did I know that he and that very farmer would sit at a table Um, the next year and just they were dreaming about maybe starting a faith-based pheasant hunting outfitting venture. Mm -hmm. And um, lo and behold, after our band dissolved, he got it off the ground. It was originally called Dakota Fellowship Lodge. It Mm -hmm. was just pheasant hunting out in uh, Dakota. And it has evolved now into really it's not an outfitting business. It's a ministry. Mm -hmm. And I I love it. I love what they do because they... um, they give a um, opportunity uh, to a lot of guys. Like I would, I would be in that category of guys. That I can't afford a you know a super nice pheasant hunt or a really nice archery hunt or a spring turkey hunt for Miriams. But the way that they've organized this 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 outfit, so to speak, is where um, they have um, you, know, you have guys that clients and customers that can afford those trips, but they. Because they're a nonprofit, they mm-hmm. can make a donation that'll pay for somebody to go. Man, listen, I've seen is some of the coolest ministry things happen around the dinner table out there mm-hmm. through the years. And, um, uh, you know, somebody that's gone through some loss or, 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 or some kind of heartache and uh, just needs some time with some men in the field. Fellowship, man. Fellowship, fellowship, fellowship. That's what the deal's about. More, you know, the fellowship and the camaraderie with other, mm-hmm. other men. Especially other men of faith, it means more than what they kill, you know. So it is a little different than a regular outfit in business, you know. It's more than just, you know, people trying to um, collect a bunch of big bone or you know, kill their their grand slam. It, mm-hmm. It's 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 about being in the field with other men that care about the Lord and in an environment, you know, that that encourages that. And and so I, well, fortunately, and you know, I was kind of grandfathered in because I was in the, around those first conversations, but. Um, the last several years, I've, I've began to do some work for them out there. So I'll do some guiding for them in the spring, and wow. um, I'll actually do some guiding for them in, the, in the, this winter. And it's just really cool. It's at, the, at a time when um, my life, as regarding Christian mission, slows down a little mm-hmm. bit, and I can go out there and still. Um, Get to work with a good friend of mine who, who I got to do a lot of good things with over the years, and it you know still still uh, has a ministry component that's really cool, and also something that's in my wheelhouse, you know, something I grew up doing, and have a little offer there. So that that's Fellowship Adventures, man. I think it's fellowshipadventures.org I believe. I okay. think it's just worth checking out what they do, and it's cool opportunities to you know send people on some trips that may may send them home better. So
0: that may be our third podcast. Well, well yeah, I'll tell you,
1: you what, I'll tell you what I'll tell what we'll do. I, just supposed to be down here in turkey season, so why don't I drag him to dinner and I'll let you you there talk with go. him. That
0: would be awesome. That would be cool.
1: That'd be that yeah, for sure. we will do that.
0: All right, one night I was a youth minister at First Baptist Church, Abilene, Texas. One night. Had tickets to a Jeff Moore in the Distance concert. It was in the dead of winter. Oh dear and lord! I, and I go to Abilene <laughs> Christian University. Was this in
1: like ninety seven or eight? Something
0: like yeah, yeah. Oh dear lord! No, no, it was a little earlier than that, I think, because I didn't. I left uh, Abilene in ninety six. There was no Jeff 90, Moore then. It night. was ninety five. Ninety five. Yeah, I know exactly yeah. when it is now. Yeah, and oh, you were you lord. were talking about that. Uh, there was no Jeff Moore.
1: Oh my gosh! Listen, it's <laughs> one of the most epic stories of, of all my years playing music. So. Um, when you said Abilene, I saw two <laughs> things. A, I remembered hitting my head really bad at the top of my bunk when we got rear-ended by a car because it snowed okay. really bad. I do know if you remember mm-hmm. that. Yeah, so, there was, yeah. so we're coming into Abilene. Our illustrious leader and singer had stayed back in Nashville <clears throat> supposedly to do some more vocal tracks on a record we were working on. So he was flying in while we rode the bus. I don't know, what, three days to get there. Uh, anyways, we get into Abilene, it's poured snow, we had an accident, it's okay. We get to the we get to the venue and um our road manager comes up and says, Hey dude, we got some problems. Um Jeff's stuck in Oklahoma. He made it as far as Oklahoma, but there's snowed in. I don't know if he's gonna get out. So we need to start talking about canceling this gig and so you know, there's this buzz going around the crew and the and our road manager and production people about you know well let's keep setting up let's keep setting up they're, they're going to try to get out on last flight it's too far to drive maybe a private plane and long story short our uh, road manager calls the band together and uh, uh, we're in the dressing room there and he said all right guys here's the deal Jeff can't it's it's done deal can't make it no more planes out it's impossible so. He asked that I talk to you guys, and it was going to be your decision. Do y'all want to try to play without him, or do we just, you know, cancel the gig and refund the tickets? Um, he said, you know, if y'all are willing to, to do something, he would be willing to to still give tickets for another mm-hmm. show to anybody who didn't think y'all handled it very well or whatever. <laughs> so you know, we got to talk, and it was it was kind of funny. Everybody felt the same way. I was like, okay, what if I went to see White Hart? Mm-hmm. Who you know for those of us old enough to remember, man, that would have been like my favorite band. And um, I thought, what if I would have gone to see them and Rick Florian was sick? Mm-hmm. Well, man, I still would have wanted to hear the guys play and mm-hmm. Gersh or Billy or somebody else in the in the in the band sing. You know, do something. Um, so and then that was everybody kind of felt the same way. Like, yeah, if I went to see so and so, I'd I still want to see them do something. Mm-hmm. So we come up with this amazing idea to do just an hour set. And our keyboard player was going to sing most of the songs. Jeff Barkley's was a great singer, by the way. And he mm-hmm. ended up um, playing with Third Day for years after we dissolved. And um, we had a guitar player named Roscoe Meek that could sing pretty good. And he said he'd sing a couple. And, Man, so we were actually kind of pumped about this, yep. man. We're pretty fired up. I was fired up about it until they said, "Ladies and gentlemen, the distance." With <laughs> <laughs> no Jeff Moore on the front of it, it was then I realized I was I, can't, I was kind of one of those old crap moments. Like, yeah. what have we done? Because you know, you wait you wait for the man to walk out from the wings and everything's all right. You know, I'm just a supporting cast, and it was like, oh my, we've really done this, and it's too late to to crawfish now. You know, so. We we played for an hour, man. Yes, yeah,
0: um, y'all yeah, did. I was there. So, I yeah.
1: can't believe it. And, and what was really funny, um, gosh, dude, I don't remember how it went. I just remember being scared to death the whole time, thinking, what have we done? But I thought the guys did a good job. Yeah. We played an hour. And it was funny um, that uh, when we finally got with Jeff and stuff, our production manager came in. He goes, hey, man. He said, you know, last night we had one of the best merchandise um, <laughs> <laughs> sales we've had on the tour. <laughs> And Jefferson was like, "Thanks, man. I guess I just need to go back home for a week." Of course, you know we, you know, man, I've been razzing him about that for twenty years now. So, but anyways, that that was that's that's one of the, one of those stories that's been tossed around a long time. So we none of us have ever forgotten Abilene, Texas, yeah. buddy. I promise you, that's I can't, I couldn't believe that you were there when you. Yeah. I just can't believe it. That's yeah. crazy.
0: That's funny. And it, that
1: never happened again, by the way. Yeah. So we made sure that he got there, and I don't, I don't know if we would
0: have done that again. But I, I was a witness to the only solo wit- <laughs> uh, uh, distance, concert, the Look, distance it, concert. Like I Let's said,
1: it seemed, it seemed like a great idea, and then about three seconds in, I was there, Dear Lord, please don't let them leave. You know? Instead of thinking they're going to be this mass exodus, but it ended up being pretty cool. Man. cool. So I can't believe you were there. I'm, yeah. I'm thankful you stayed.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we have closed the Thai place. They close at 2.30, and I think oh, they're probably ready to wrap.
1: It was sweet to us. We
0: could keep talking. Yeah, uh, for I, sure, I dude. Grateful for your friendship. Oh man, thank uh, you, and, buddy. Uh, it's been uh, been rich, and looking forward to continuing that friendship. It's been a blessing. Well, I you. hope so.
1: I appreciate you take the time to, to, to do this with folks, and um, uh, I don't know how much you realize it or not, but you encourage
0: folks along the way when you have these conversations. So I appreciate you, man, and look forward to having some more. I do too. I, I'm going to ask you a real quirky yeah. question off the wall. And yep. all your years going to Brazil, you're a music guy. Did you ever pop in Raiders of the Lost Ark as you're going down the Amazon or in the jungle?
1: No, I never. I never have. It's funny. There are times when I wanna, I want some kind of backdrop. Yeah. I mean, there's been times when I've literally been flying into Manaus or Belém, going over the river, and I got some cool song that yeah. just seems fitting, blasting me in both of my earbuds. And then there's other times I, I, I don't want it. Yeah. I don't want any music at all. I just want to. The wind whistling by my ears. Life know. is made
0: for soundtrack, but then you have those moments like the movie Castaway. There, is, there is no movie, is no music in that movie until yes, the weird, final, the last. There's like a four and a half minute um, score. There's no movie. There's no music prior to that. So yeah, sometimes life uh, cries for a soundtrack, and other times the soundtrack track is what's going on around us yeah so. for sure
1: for sure man especially in a place that has it's so full of life you Yeah, know, it's, it was a different ballgame obviously in an airplane yeah know, when um, I've been in a boat or in, a, in something like that I mean there's there's nothing like hearing you know toucans and howler monkeys and all these beautiful birds and, and all that stuff is a pretty pretty good pretty good backdrop that's to, that's that ought to, to be an awesome set sure
0: I hope to hear that myself one day yep
1: so. I'll take you man I'm, I, I want to tw- go I won't, I won't twist your on too hard but no. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you down there
0: Party redemption. Your table is now available. Thank you, Chuck. I appreciate you. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. All right, bud. Take care.
1: All right, man.